the beacon represents in the context of the widest net is when you are going places where other people have gathered community and of course around their own body of work in their own areas of expertise, when you show up there, people really need to know who you are. Who are you uniquely? What is your specific position, your thought leadership, your perspective on how to solve the problem that they want to solve. And if somebody wants to go back and say, oh, wow, I heard that person speak at a conference. They're really cool. I wonder what they're about. You want to be able to send them someplace where they can deeply understand your point of view and get a sense of your body of work. Just having great content, useful stuff that is really all about you and your point of view. Welcome to the Standout Business Show, where it's all about making a bigger difference by doing business differently. I'm Brad Powell, and today we're talking about a method of connecting with your audience that's called lighting your beacon. (laughs) So here's the thing. These days, as you know, finding and connecting with your audience has become this huge challenge for small businesses because the social media landscape seems to be actively fragmenting before our very eyes. This is why I'm super excited for you to meet this week's expert guest, Pamela Slim, because as part of her work, she advocates that you create a primary communication channel, which is a process that she calls lighting your beacon. So what's your beacon? (laughs) And how do you light it so that it shines on both the mission of your work as well as the audience that you serve. So stay tuned because Pamela is going to share exactly how to choose which beacon to light in ways that will amplify your message and build an ecosystem for your business. Pamela is an award-winning author, speaker, and business coach who works with small business owners who are ready to scale their business. She's also the founder of the K Main Street Learning Lab in Mesa, Arizona. Her latest book, The Widest Net, is all about helping small businesses like yours and mine reach their audience. I got a copy of the book as an audio book, and this is probably the one book that I put in rotation. (laughs) And I have a, a bunch of repeat listens to it. So I can't wait for this one. And with that, let's start the show. All right, Pamela, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm absolutely delighted. I think this is going to be a great conversation. There's a lot of things that we could talk about when it comes to your work, The Widest Net, which is really all about this ecosystem creation for your business. And I found a lot of that writing super refreshing. Uh, It really stands in contrast with a lot of the business growth marketing literature that's out there, <laughs> some of which I don't know if we call literature. Like it's this very different different way of looking at things. And this one method, the beacon concept, really stuck out to me as something that I thought we could drill in on and take a really close look at. When it comes to this idea of lighting a beacon, the problem that a lot of people have when it comes to online marketing, and particularly when they're interacting on social media, is that those are platforms that we we don't have much control over. And even though that's where everybody seems to be hanging out and there's this draw of like, oh yeah, we should go there and, and interact with people. There's a lot of problems 
with that approach uh, because it's it's like you're playing around on shifting sands <laughs> that might not be there tomorrow. So talk a little bit about just the landscape that you see and, and how this idea of lighting a beacon came about. For sure. I think the highest level, just super high level concept in the widest net is when we think about who our ideal client is and particularly by problem challenge or aspiration that they have, we're there to help them solve a significant problem. So maybe you're a CPA and you want your clients to be uh, IRS audit free and to save as much on taxes as possible and to have a healthy bottom line, high profit margin. So if that's kind of a core problem that you're solving, one of the key premises of the widest net is that those folks who you're excited to work with probably already are looking lots of places in person and online for resources, support, and information to solve their problem. They might listen to podcasts, they read books, influencers, go to events, use products uh, in order to solve that problem. So there's one big part of what you can do that I say is just look for the watering holes, look for places where people have already gathered your ideal clients. And when you spend your time there, it's a very efficient way to be connecting with them. So that's kind of the context for where the beacon comes in. What the beacon represents in the context of the widest net is when you are going places where other people have gathered community and of course around their own body of work in their own areas of expertise, when you show up there, people really need to know who you are. Who are you uniquely? What is your specific position, your thought leadership, your perspective on how to solve the problem that they want to solve? And if somebody wants to go back and say, oh, wow, I heard that person speak at a conference. They're really cool. I wonder what they're about. You want to be able to send them someplace where they can deeply understand your point of view and get a sense of your body of work. And be served by what my good friend Susan Beyer calls being relentlessly helpful, just having great content, useful stuff that is really all about you and your point of view. So your beacon is a choice that you make, and we can dig into specifically how you make that choice, but something that you own. So un unlike maybe having a TikTok platform where you could be booted out or something like that, that would be something you own, like an email newsletter a podcast. Um, in some cases, a video cast, we know that YouTube, you might share on different video channels, but you can still own that own that content. Um, and in the olden days that I started in the internet years, also a blog. And so those are uh, specific uh, avenues that you can use to focus your, your beacon on. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say that finding the watering holes, I think is a very Arizona perspective. <laughs> Coming from a dry part of the country, it's like, yeah, we really need to find those watering holes. <laughs> That's right. Well, Super we certainly valuable. do. But I'd say any climate anywhere, just ask some animals, right? And everybody needs to drink water. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. So we need to, step one is choose which of these channels mm -hmm. is going to be the one where we can send people who can really go deep into our whole, our whole way of being. And so there's a lot of choice there. I'm just guessing that you're advocating pick one. Hmm. You know, there are people, oh, no, I'm going to do three. <laughs> so what's the best way to decide the kind of channel we might want to advocate on? Yeah, so I'm, we obviously probably have a range of listeners everywhere from folks who are maybe newer to starting their business to folks who have been in it for a long time that are very well resourced that have maybe marketing staff on their team. And so 
it is not that you cannot have, for example, an email newsletter and a podcast. There is a choice that you're going to make at first, I think, about a primary vehicle that you can use in order to be um, communicating. And on one hand, it is choosing a vehicle that you think your ideal clients are most likely to be using as a primary source of information. As I said, I started my original blog, Escape from Cubicle Nation, the name of my first book in 2005. And for those of you who were around at that time, you might remember it was a time blogs were sort of a new, exciting thing. And it had a huge impact. I feel like that just changed the entire course of my business by starting my blog, where that what we used to follow each other's blogs, we had a, you know, feeds that we would follow, we get excited by people publishing all the time and read the new articles. And I think that essence of the blogging world back in the day was a perfect example of ways in which we uh, at that point, people were looking for new and interesting blogs to read. They would get excited. They would share, link back in their posts. And that was an example of a beacon that was really sticky back in that day. Today, in the, the date of our recording in 2023, I don't really think people look at blogs the same way, maybe a few, but but podcasts in some ways seem to have taken that same role. You get excited. You hear about a podcast. And if you're anything like me, I love podcasts. I have a 23-minute drive from home to the office every day and back. And i it's one of my favorite times because I get to put on podcasts. And usually if I find a new exciting one, I do a deep, live, deep dive listening to all kinds of past episodes. And so that can be an example. Once you stumble into one that you really enjoy, usually you fall down deep. So there's the first piece, which is really making sure that you're connecting with choosing a beacon vehicle that is actually something that your ideal clients use. So that's the first part. All right. Yeah. And just you touched on something there that I think is a, a key point, which is this idea that if people decide they really like what you have to say, mm -hmm. they will go in and, and consume a whole bunch of it. Like they'll, yeah. you know, and the word is they'll binge on it. And yes. I just think that there's something to this around putting your content in a and your message in a in a container which is bingeable that people can actually go and find it and go oh gosh it's a treasure trove and they'll literally dive in <laughs> and start digging around <laughs> and do this thing of like i just love this i can't get enough and and act like a sponge on all your content and and when like talk about like your experience with it you've been doing this for a long time and mm -hmm. you, you had a blog I know you still have a, you have a newsletter that's going out and you're doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so how are people reacting to that? I mean, are you getting emails from people saying, oh, I found you, you know, I read your book and now I'm on your podcast and I just listened to the last, you know, whatever episodes. <laughs> I literally had that happen just the other day. I was talking to a wonderful uh, prospective client who's actually based in Singapore. And she said, I've been on your newsletter for a long time. And I've been following your work for many, many years. I've actually had my newsletter for 19 years. So a little bit longer than the blog. Wow. And um, she said, I've been listening to your podcast interviews. And so it was the first time in many years that we had been able to actually have a live conversation over, over Zoom in that case. But it's amazing what it does when you're beginning to have a conversation with a prospective client who has that level of information and engagement, you know, about you, it's just so helpful. 
to know that there's so much of not only what I have been sharing for many years, in that case, you've been following my work for a really long time, but also very up-to-date information in terms of the latest, freshest kind of information, which to me is is a split. I've the, My podcast, I feel like, is the most directly related to the current work that I'm doing, where I'm talking about the licensing and certification work that I do. It's very much related to the widest net modeling conversation that in the widest net, if I'm always talking about ecosystem partners, literally every new episode that drops every couple of weeks, there is somebody new that I'm sharing perspective on, that I'm bringing in their expertise to model the, the, the model that's in the book, The Widest Net. So in my example, yes, I have been doing this a super long time. And so there are things that I really have automated, systematized. I have a team that I work with from 31 Marketplace, for example, that produces my podcast to make it as easy as possible for me to do it. But if I were starting today, where I was a newer business, where I did not have an established beacon, maybe I had just, you know, reached out to people and on social media and just personal email, then I would really dial in and say, what is likely to be the most effective. And so it is on one hand, as we said, something that you know where your ideal clients are hanging out. The other thing is where you actually do enjoy doing it. And I know that sounds pretty basic, but for example, I have met people who are not writers like me, who don't get tremendous joy from writing my newsletter as I do, and would just say like, there's nothing worse. I just feel like, you know, stabbing my eye with a pencil when I think about writing it, to which I would say, then probably you don't want to choose an email newsletter as your primary beacon. If you have help and support to this day, as much as we all say we're sick of email, email is still tremendously, tremendously impactful in terms of having a way to be marketing to people about your business, sharing information consistently, because people do process their inbox in a different way because everything's usually mixed up in there than they might with deciding to listen to a podcast or not. But I would say you want to have this meeting of a medium that you do enjoy using with a, a medium that also your ideal clients use. And if they're not in alignment, I will err on the side of what the clients use. Because if you want to be in business, that's usually the most important thing to focus on. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, the way that you're using your channel, I especially love how you're bringing people on who are in their own way modeling the ecosystem model and the, and the, yeah. work, and the whole project that you have in the widest net. And so talk about this process with developing your channel in terms of being relentlessly helpful. And, and how do you look at that in terms of like, well, I'm going to do stuff and I'm going to say things and I'm going to bring other people on so that I'm being relentlessly helpful. And then mm -hmm. put that in the context of how this actually helps your sales cycle and helps with you know, people coming in, raising their hands saying, okay, look, I don't know what you have, but I'm going to give you money and hire you to work with me because this is amazing. Yeah. I've had so many, probably literally thousands of conversations with the amount of folks that I've coached or taught in group programs through the years where understandably people have a hard time deciding sometimes just like how much of my stuff do I share? Like, I don't want to give it all away because why would somebody ever hire me if I'm sharing yeah. my stuff? Right. The more time that goes on, when you think about when you're clear, people get to know you as being an expert in a particular area. The more that you are consistently sharing helpful information, insights, 
inspirational information, tools and templates, just whatever it is that that person would need in order to solve the problem that you're helping your paid clients solve. In my experience, both in my own business, as well as with many other businesses, it is not the case that when you're giving away lots of great focus content, that it repels people from wanting to work with you. In fact, it's the opposite. If any of you have been the recipient, shall we say, of maybe joining a webinar where you're excited because there's a huge promise of what you're going to learn, and maybe the first 35 minutes or a big queue up to you know getting you excited about the content, and then maybe you have a little tiny bit of information that's shared, but not really <laughs> enough to actually solve a problem. And then in the end, there's a huge sales pitch of just like, hey, if you really want the good stuff, you know, you have to sign up and pay me. I don't know about you, but uh, I end up just getting so frustrated because I'm not saying at all that webinars are a bad idea or you can't ever promote your services on a webinar. I do it all the time. How you do it and how you choose to structure it to me would always be to choose to just give tremendous value, be really helpful. And then that's a way that it can just start to build trust, that people have a sense of who you are. They do get a sense of how you operate, that your particular approach, maybe models that you use, ways that you handle questions when they, you know, they they see how it is that you are. Your uh, I define in the widest net thought leadership, um, as I said earlier, is like your point of view about how you solve a particular problem. So that's where people can really start to get excited. It makes me very happy and excited and thankful as an author that you notice there was something different about the point of view that I had writing the widest net about building a business. That's intentional because first I do, <laughs> I do have a point of view about it, but a lot of mine is anti-empire building. I'm saying there's just enough empires that are just wreaking <laughs> havoc all over the world. I really actually live in my downtown community here in Mesa, Arizona, in an ecosystem, collaborative ecosystem where we band together day in and day out to help each other grow and be more happy and successful in our business and our personal lives. So to me, there's a point of view that you can be very successful if you're operating in an ecosystem environment. And over time, as people get to consume your beacon content and see your point of view, over and over, they start to kind of share back that message. And that's one I'm sure you've heard through the years. Folks who have had a beacon for a long time will hear, but by the time somebody comes, they can say, gosh, you know, it just was so refreshing in listening to your work over a long period of time that you're consistently sharing these messages, you know, or I noticed that I've been on your newsletter for X period of time. And I didn't get that like, you know, super manipulative over the top, you know, kind of email that I normally get. And that's part of how you're building trust. But you also want to be sharing with people what your point of view is so that there's alignment and coherence. When somebody starts to work with you, you don't want to have a totally different vibe, which is unfortunately what happens a lot of times. Sometimes if people are totally outsourcing marketing, or they don't really feel like they're choosing something that's authentically them, when people begin to cross that bridge and begin to work with you, you want to have this sense of like even further alignment that the experience they have working with you is just even more reinforced. Like, yes, that's just what I thought. As opposed to all of us probably have stories of like having a celebrity we've always wanted to meet and you finally get to meet them. And then you're just dismayed to find out that they're like <laughs> nothing like their public persona. So <laughs> be yeah. yourself in your beacon content. Right, exactly. All right. Well, we now have chosen our channel and we're being relentlessly helpful and people are starting to respond in a very positive way. Hmm. And one of the things that's happening is that it's not just an ecosystem. There's actually this community 
forming among the participants, among the people who are joining. And so let's talk a little bit about how can we nurture and enhance? I mean, you're quite a remarkable community builder. I can see just in your background, (laughs) some of the, some of the results that are like, there's, there's evidence right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sort of my jam. Yep. All right. So talk about that. Talk about the, this, the community building part of this beacon. So it can look different ways, uh, depending on what you choose and and how you also activate other kinds of experiences, because very commonly, and again, I think back to blogging days, in the old days of blogging days, like in the comments themselves, that you would see people who would be commenting on blogs, I met lots of my friends uh, and clients who met each other through some of those blog comments, but it also is where you begin to weave in other ways in which you can build community either online or in person. So for example, if you do have classes, even paid classes, where people have been on your newsletter list for a long time, you invite them into an experience of working with you, and they get to meet other people who are also sharing this kind of connection to the approach that you take in your business. The same thing I did a lot um, and still do when I'm going to live events, maybe a much bigger conference if I'm speaking at, I'll often do a meetup where I can be sharing with folks on the podcast or on my newsletter list, Um, how we're going to be doing a special meetup at an event. And that's a way, one of my favorite ways of doing it, where you bring people together. Again, they're already unified through the kind of connection that they might have by all enjoying the point of view from the Beacon content. And then when they start to meet together, that's the part I think that really becomes magic. So it's ways you can begin to weave other opportunities for people to gather Um, I'm a big fan of classes where that's where a lot of my folks end up connecting and meeting. And then also um, in-person events, either for speaking speaking events or also where you can be hosting your own. The retreats that I do, that's another favorite thing is I'm like, oof, I can't wait for this person to meet that person, to meet somebody else who maybe has been on my newsletter list forever, who's never met anybody else. And, And it's just always magic. That's one of my favorite parts of the experience. Yeah, I like that. I mean, just simply bringing people together (laughs) who haven't met in person really creates a lot of magic. (laughs) Definitely. And you can be proactive. You can introduce people to each other when you know, oh, that person's doing this and you're doing that. If you are more of a connector, that's another way to be very deliberate about it. Right. All right. Well, we are approaching the end of our time together. If there's just one other piece of the beacon creation process that we haven't touched on, uh, what would that be? So I think that would be the content strategy. So if you think about centering a problem, challenge, or aspiration that you are that your your business is centered on solving, and when you think about it from a content perspective of what you should share, think about what is it that people really need in order to fully solve this problem. So the example for Escape from Cubicle Nation, the content that I created, there were four main pillars. People wanted to leave a corporate job to start a business and be effective. They needed definitely how-to information. They weren't entrepreneurs. How do I start a web page? You know, what kind of marketing software should I use? How-to information. They needed inspiration, examples of people who had done the same thing successfully that did not lose their shirt. They needed community. They needed others who were in a similar situation who could help support them through the journey. And in that particular case, they also needed promotion. They needed exposure for their new business. So my whole content structure for Escape from Cubicle Nation was to create beacon content around those areas. I'd have a how-to article. I had a series called Side Hustle and Flow of people who had been like working on their side hustle till they were able to successfully start their own business. I had lots of community events. 
um, you know, meetups and gatherings where people could meet each other, classes, retreats where they could connect. And then promotion, I would do specific content of featuring clients, which to this day is something that I always do in my newsletter. I always feature at least three clients because that's one of the things that my clients want is exposure to a bigger audience. So whatever your content is, whatever that problem or challenge you're solving, think about the core areas that you need to provide content in. And then that's what you're going to begin to build your monthly and your annual content calendars around. So you don't just get all how to information that you really think about mixing in in the big picture. Yeah, I really like that, especially showcasing your clients and telling stories of other people who've, you know, tried this and survived the journey and and managed to succeed. I mean, when people think about content creation, they think, oh my gosh, how am I going to come up with all these ideas? And it doesn't yeah. have to be on you. Like you can bring these other stories and all these other people in and and now you've got more more things to talk about than than you could handle. Exactly. But you need to have that. Otherwise, you are going to feel a little bit flying in the wind. And you don't always know exactly what people are going to relate to. Once you get it out there, notice what people really pay attention to and then build on that. Right. All right. Well, this has been super great conversation. I'm really glad that we're able to, you know, go into this one aspect in, in pretty, you know, depth detail here. So if there are ways people are inspired and they go, well, I want to I want to follow you more closely, Pamela. <laughs> what would be the best way for them to, to do that? I'd say go to PamelaSlim.com. And that's where if you're a podcast person, I have the widest net podcast, which you can see right. right in the top level menu. If you're more of a newsletter person, you can jump on my newsletter, which is there on my homepage. So that's the best way. And I do mainly hang out for work connection on LinkedIn. And I'm Pamela Slim. I find there's not a whole bunch of Pamela Slims out there. So I should be pretty, pretty easy to find. Feel free to reach out and make a connection there. All right. Well, great. And I'll, I'll testify to that. This is how we connected was on LinkedIn and it was, yeah, it was easy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love connections. <laughs> right. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for coming on today. I'll make sure that all of those links are in the show notes. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. For those of you listening at the end, I just want to remind you that if you'd like to go and check out the entire archive of the Standout Business Show, go to standoutbusiness.show and it's all there. All the audio, all the video, all the show notes, all the links to all the extra stuff, and you can binge to your heart's content. We go live every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And until the next time, so long. So long.